This is episode 103 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. My name is And hello and welcome, episode 103 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast for Thursday, January 29th, 2015. I am your host, Dan Skull Crusher, and the rest of the gang is here, of course, Klaus of Alps and Andes. Klaus, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Aside from the fact that the contractor that's working in my house pees with the bathroom door open. Whoa. And Mike of Gage and DeSoto in the Rafa Cycle Club in New York City. Uh, Mike, does anybody pee in your apartment with the door open? No. Other I'm doing way better than Klaus. Yeah. Wait, no. Yes, <laughs> yes you are. <laughs> Wait. Mike, you pee with your door open. I do not. No, even I don't. I live alone. I, but why do you close the door? <laughs> I don't know. Habit. Habit. I thought I was repressed. No, you know, I know. Actually, I'll tell you the real reason. It's because my bathroom's too small to have the door open. It has to be closed. If you're in the bathroom, the door has to be closed. New York City problems. I think I've told the story before about the first apartment that I lived in when I was there. Uh, it was just... It was on, on the corner of Rivington and... I don't know. Somewhere down there. And uh, the, uh, the the room that I shared with somebody was so small that you had to lift the mattress to close or open the door. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It was $900 a month. And this is like 15 years ago. Unbelievable. Well, anyway, we are recording later than I thought we were going to because I was stuck for an hour and 58 minutes in stupid traffic. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. <laughs> Mike has become, apparently, has become a DJ in a reggae club. Sorry, Funkmaster Flex stopped by earlier. <laughs> oh, so this beef that he's having with Jay-Z now, you heard about this thing? This oh. is going to be so out of cycling, but when do we ever start the podcast talking about cycling? Funkmaster Flex has this beef with Jay-Z because Jay-Z texted him in all caps. <laughs> So Funkmaster Flex is like just pissed off at him about over that or something. It's pretty funny. So give me – thank you. Thank you, Mike. That's awesome. I appreciate Anytime. that. That's very nice. So the other thing that I'm sick of on top of traffic is this cold weather and this snow and shit. So I'm definitely looking to move to a warmer climate. So I tweeted this. If anybody knows a, of a good job that I can have somewhere in California where I'm not going to be freezing, then let me know. And I think it will be California because – if I'm gonna be cold, if I'm gonna be hot, then I want to be around the water, and I don't like Florida that much. I already lived there, been there, done that. So somewhere in California with a cool job, let me know. Ah, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about is puking. So if you're grossed out by talking about barfing and stuff like that and pooping, then just fast forward because I have to tell you that Sunday night was one of the worst nights of my life because I got food poisoning, and I hadn't thrown up since 1988. When Eduardo Polo and I finished a bottle of Aguardiente between me and him. Now, if you don't know what Aguardiente is, that means you've never been to Colombia. And I'm going to tell you something, dude. Uh, Catalanes have it as well. They call it, uh, I don't know, something else. But it's like 
normally, like, the stuff that you normally get is, like, 60% ABV. But some of the stuff in Colombia can get up to 90% ABV. It's, like, dangerously poisonous bad. So g- give me one, g- give me a horn there, Mike, for Aguardiente. Uh, I got I to gotta launch the app again. Oh, man, Mike. I thought you were a pro. I'm, I'm not a pro. Oh, man. So anyway. Oh, no, that's bad. See, that's a bad sound effect. So anyway, uh, that's the last time I had thrown up. I was like 15 years old. And then Sunday night, it was horrendous, horrible, and my wife and I both got food poisoning, and we were puking side by side. It was very romantic. We were actually holding hands while throwing up. And while throwing up, holding holding my right hand to her, she was vomiting in the toilet, and I was vomiting in a garbage can, and the dog kept trying to come in <laughs> the bathroom, and I was trying to keep the dog at bay with my other hand. Oh, it was amazing. Good lord. A sight to be seen. He was awesome. I tried to get a selfie of me puking. It just wasn't <laughs> happening, though. But. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. That's that's my story. Uh, that's my non-cycling-related stories uh, for the day. Klaus, do you have anything non-cycling-related other than the contractor peeing with the door open? What else do you want to know? No, I think that's enough. And Mike has a what? tiny bathroom. That's it. So maybe we should um, talk about cycling. Speedmetalcycling.com. I have uh, all the men's kits uh, for 2015 in there in a gallery, uh, except for one. These are all the Pro Tour and uh, uh, Pro Continental teams, except for CCC Pulsat, or Pulsat, rather, because they haven't released their kit officially, and because I'm pissed off at them for being invited to the Giro over Team Colombia. And but then, it's going to be orange. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be orange. And it's going to have a CCC in black. Yeah. Um, and then I have the women's as well. Uh, all the UCI uh, teams minus three that haven't been released yet. But uh, go check them out. It's speedmetalcycling.com. Um, Klaus, when are the Colombian championships? I want to say... February 9th? 9th? That's what I thought. February 9th. So, Nairo Quintana, Rigoberto Urán, Carlos Betancourt, Juliana Redondo, Winner Anacona, Fabio Duarte, Miguel Ángel Rubiano is going to be defending. So, it's going to be a, a pretty good uh, a pretty good race. Unfortunately, as far as I know, it's not going to be uh, broadcast anywhere. Uh, it's the 8th and 9th. No, it's not going to be broadcast anywhere. The Vuelta Colombia is not really broadcast. How is this going to be broadcast? Yeah. I mean, last year they changed the course to the time trial, like, and they changed the time to it like the day before. So I guess it's kind of like the cyclocross uh, championships here in the U.S. It's no different. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, uh, so I just wanted to like tell people about that. But also we have a new Australian champion. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. He's German. And his name is Hendrik Hausler. Unbelievable. Unbelievable this guy comes from out of nowhere. And he wins the Australian Championship. I was very happy for him, though. Well, you know, I think national championships are like the kinds of things that people like Heinrich Hausler win and George Hincapie win when they're like older or don't have a lot going on. But, of course, Heinrich Hausler could have a great season. Who knows? But it is the kind of thing that someone like George Hincapie wins like the year before they retire or Tyler Hamilton. Remind me again what team Henrik Hausler's in? Oh, I am cycling. Yeah. I thought for a split second that he was in Mount Chewbacca. And when you said he's going to have a great season, I was like, no. 
But yeah, yeah, it's I am cycling. I forgot. I, he could, although he was he wasn't able to do much at the Tour Down Under, but still, I didn't watch the Tour Down Under at all, so I wouldn't know. Okay. Also, uh, Air Gas Safeway uh, was not invited to the Tour of California. Chris Horner is mad. Yeah. Oh well. His team, the whole team is mad. Is mad. They were like, "Why the fuck, fuck did, did we, we hire this guy?" <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I don't care about his disappointment. The people in the team are like, God damn it. What the hell did we... <laughs> we thought that was the way in. I, I thought it was the way in. Unbelievable. But whatever. Speaking of good races, though, uh, the Tour de San Luis uh, was won by Danny Diaz for the second uh, time. Um, I, Rod- I was watching that earlier, and I, you know, I don't know if the listeners know what how that race is translated Uh, it's it's the race of one helicopter (laughs) you know what's interesting though in the whole country of argentina they only have one helicopter that's actually the presidential helicopter that they use for (laughs) them let me just run this down real quick danny diaz of uh funvic the brazilian team uh won um one minute and five seconds behind him was Colombian Rodolfo Torres of the of Colombia called Deportes, or Team Colombia rather. Nido- <laughs> Thank you. My that was Klaus. Oh, that was Klaus. All right, that's awesome. Now everybody has the app. That's wonderful. Sorry. Nairo Quintana was third, of course, of Movistar. Eduardo Sepulveda of uh, Bretagne Seche or whatever they're called now was fourth. Rodrigo Contreras of team of the national of the Colombian national team was fifth. Uh, Danny Moreno of Katusha was sixth. Uh, Joe Dr- Dombrowski was seventh. Uh, Daniel Hamaramillo was uh, na- eighth. I'm sorry, Leandro Messino of the San Luis team was ninth, and Ilnur Zakarin from Katusha was tenth. Uh, you know what's interesting? There is uh, three Daniels in the top ten. Danny really? Diaz, Danny Moreno, and Daniel Jaramillo. Oh, yeah. You know, winning a stage at the Tour de San Luis is kind of a curse. Why is that? Because just look at what happened to Phil Gaiman. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like you win there and people are like, that's amazing. That guy's going places. And then your team just drops you. Uh, what about Nairo Quintana? Well, you want that stage there, and then he wins the Giro d'Italia. Yeah, that's like not the Tour de France. That's not that impressive. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, the uh, the helicopter there thing. Is, there is a lot to talk about here. We can talk about the broadcasting or lack thereof. The thing is, the like, a, it's like an art. That, it's like an art project. It's just you're like, where? <laughs> what am I looking at? It's where not an art project, dude. It's 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 performance art. And I understand that, of course, we understand why it's the way it is, because there's no money. But there's also times where the guy would just, like, I'll just show the mountains for 30 seconds, because his hand got, like, tired, and he was, like, (laughs) resting his fingers or, like, trying to get blood into them. But also, sometimes he would zoom in to the point where you could almost see, and then he would just zoom out, and I'm like... Yeah. Why don't you zoom back in? You no, were not only that, but I, obviously the cameraman and the helicopter pilot are not cycling. It might. Here's my theory: the helicopter pilot and the cameraman are one and the same. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's very possible. It is very possible. It's like, oh, I'm gonna crash, so I better not. Shoot because the other thing is, when you watch these other races, and 
you know, the cameras are probably mounted in those turrets that go below the thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. this one is clearly like you see the helicopter skids, you see parts of the helicopter that you're not accustomed oh, yeah. to seeing. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah, this is a helicopter that this. There is. was like the. I, did you call them skids? Is that what they are? The I little. I think that's what they're called. Yeah, yeah I think Think so. sticks. One of them had like a foam noodle with zip ties around it, and I looked at that zip tie for like ten minutes. Yeah, and here's the thing, though. Um, all right, so we know that it's. There's no money. There's only one camera. There's only one helicopter. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. But, dude, don't keep the camera on the guy in the lead the whole time. It's not all that is going on. Just because he's winning the stage doesn't necessarily mean that's the only thing we want to see. Why don't you pan back just a little bit just to see what's going on behind him? You know what but I mean? Like This guy is just like concentrating on Danny Diaz. For like 15 minutes, I'm like, all right, so he's winning. I understand. How about the gap? What is the gap? Because the people talking, they have no idea what the gap is. They don't even know what cycling is about. You didn't get this, Mike. But the two poor saps, these two poor Argentines, they have no clue what they're talking about. Well, one of them used to be a team manager for some team, but no, they, no, so, uh, they didn't that, have access to a race radio, I guess, because they were guessing at who was in what group. I listened to the radio station for a little bit, and the radio station is a little bit better because they have a moto guy, but it's 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 insane. Here, let me play this for you guys real quick. I'll play this real quick. Just a little sample of something. Usted la va a ver ahí si está en la zona de Merlo y si nos está escuchando allí en Santa Rosa. No, not this. Alright, you get the idea. That guy that he's from from the radio station, right? Do you know what's going on then when he sounds so freaking excited? You know what just happened? He got kidnapped by ISIS. No, that was the beginning, the beginning, the first kilometer of the second stage of the women's tour of San Luis. <laughs> what he was saying was, hey, these women are taking off right now. We're making a right. We're going to make a left after this. Then we're going to get on the highway. Attention, attention, attention. The Brazilian team is getting in the front. That's what the guy was saying. So That's uh, how excited he was. I didn't understand the, the, most of that. But I have to say, I like the excitement. Cause, oh, you know, I love Colombian, the excitement. It's awesome. Colombian radio broadcasts are goofy like that. So I kind of like Oh, that. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. But, but I have to say, it, when the day comes that that race gets the broadcast together, it'll be amazing. Because it's a very good race, especially for this early on, as we've said oh, before. Oh, it is an amazing race. Yeah. It is really, really, really cool. I, it, yeah, it is a very, very cool race. And, uh, I mean, a lot happened. Uh, uh, Gaviria beating Cavendish twice. Yeah. That's, that's newsworthy. And... Uh, even though Quintana kept saying that he's not at 100%, I'm not at 50%, I'm not here to win, whatever. The Argentinian media, that, that was their big pool for this race, was that Nairo Quintana was going to come and defend his title. So they just could not let it go. So the commentators kept going like, Nairo Quintana, Danny Diaz, our own Danny Diaz, is beating one of the best in the world. And I'm thinking like, poor Nairo Quintana, he already said he didn't come to win. He's not interested in winning. But... 
that's the story that they were telling in Argentina. So I felt kind of bad for Nairo. And I think, I mean, you know, that would be like, I don't know, if uh, the best, I don't know, the New England Patriots went to play an American football team that somehow existed in Japan or something. I'm making this up and then they beat them. Like, wow. Yeah, but exactly. They, and, oh. of course, the Patriots bring in, like, their fourth strings. and Yeah. Yeah, and Bernardino being beaten in Colombia in 1985 in the Clásico RCN by, by uh, Herrera, Herrera or Fausto Kobe being beaten in 1954 or whatever in Colombia. You know, it's the same thing. It makes for a nice narrative. But I do remember perfectly Nairo Quintana last year when he won the race saying multiple times, I'm really excited that I'm winning the race, but whoa, I came, I'm peaking way too early. This is not good. Well, especially now. I mean, he needed to peak then for the Giro. This year, he's trying to peak for the Tour. So if he would have peaked now, he would be really in real trouble. Yeah, so I think that it's kind of, uh, if you paid any attention to what was happening last year, he repeated that so many times that he was just... uh, Peaking way, way, way early. Yeah, so, yeah. makes sense. Uh, Klaus, explain this to our listeners. Uh, there was oh. two Colombia teams in the Tour San Luis. What's up with that? <laughs> well, you know what it is. But I know, but I just want to ask you to do it. Because I do too much talking sometimes. My throat hurts. Mike, I'm still what? getting over my food poisonings. Mike, you explain. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. Oh, okay. One is a pro-continental team. Team Colombia, we all know and Team love. Team Colombia, based out of Italy, that just missed out on the invite for the Giro and is now hoping for an invite to the Vuelta. And I have to say, if they don't get that, which will be earned through wins in the early season, things are looking not amazing for them because that team's budget is on a year-to-year basis because it's funded by the Colombian government. The other team is the national team because the Vuelta... De San Luis has national teams. There was a Russian national team, Italian and Colombian. The and Colombian Cuban. team was pretty much, I think, all riders who raced with uh, Claro Coldeportes. I believe so. Yeah, which is a continental, not pro. So they're a continental team based out of Colombia, which is sponsored by the Ministry of Sport, let's say, and a cell phone carrier that is awful. <laughs> Like, it's the worst cell phone carrier in the freaking world. It took me 45 minutes to just buy a cell phone with some minutes, and then it didn't work for half of the day, and it was a disaster, and then the service is awful. But anyway, you can at least buy minutes at Caruya, which is the um, supermarket or whatever, or, or Jumbo. 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 Yeah. Um, and now explain to us where this kid came from that beat Cavendish twice. Did he come out of nowhere? Did he come out of nowhere? Yeah, all Colombians came out of nowhere. Well, although we did just say that Heinrich Hausler came out of nowhere. Well, too. I, I said that, of course, as a joke because he didn't. But it's funny to say that, especially somebody that finished second in Milan San Remo. But. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's going to haunt him for the rest of his life. Oh, fuck but, yeah. That ruined uh, his career. Yeah. He's, a, he's a track guy. Uh, I think twice world champion. He's a Pan American uh, road champion, so he's been doing very well. He does focus primarily on track, but he comes from a cycling family. His dad raced at the highest level in Colombia when there was really no 
like barely professional cycling, but for all intents and purposes, we can say he was a pro. He did the biggest races in Colombia. His dad has a cycling academy. His sister is an Olympian on the track. So yeah, he's got the pedigree. And I guess now, um, uh, the first team to contact him was uh, Quick Step. Wait, what are they called? Omega Pharma? No, e- ethics. ethics, ethics, oh. ethics, Pharma Quick Step. These things. Ethics, in quick, January quick and February. Step. It's Et- like hard to remember. This is gonna be rough, though. Ethics Quick Step. That's a lot of kuskuskuskuskuk. Well, that's right. It's ethics first, right? Yeah, yeah. Ethics. So they step. were the first team to contact him, and apparently AG2R has contacted him as well but he wants to i guess he has to but he's looking to finish out his contract yeah. with gold deportes claro and i mean he's 20 years old so he has time to to make a decision yeah i mean he's younger than the quote-unquote young sprinters in europe right now he's like four years younger or something than uh kittle yeah it's pretty crazy it's pretty crazy his thighs are ridiculous yeah i mean he's got the he, kind of a track thing going yeah. there right? and you can see photos of his sister at alpsandis.com right now Klaus has a little thing there about him and, and his sister and she looks like a mean lady yeah she looks yeah, like a yeah. no joke like i said in person certainly and i wrote this up in manual for speed in one of the reports that they did they were doing at the tour de san luis that her neck is like could put the fear of god into some low-level nfl players quote unquote. <laughs> i'm yeah, quoting and- myself and it's not even a comment on her looks at all. She just, I mean, on her femininity, if you will. She just looks rough. Yeah, and she's she's married to another track dude. So it's like a whole cycling thing happening there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I wonder, of course, the wins by default get people's attention. That's a no-brainer. The fact that the team knows or uh, ethics, whatever, knows what shape Cavendish is in. So they feel like, oh, that's a legitimate win. But I do wonder if Cavendish also goes to them and says, like, no, seriously, I was I'm sprinting well, like I felt good. That's kind of crazy. I wonder if he kind of pushes oh. it along. No, I'm sure. I'm sure whoever's scouting talent for them went up to Cavendish and was like, all right, so tell me, how's this guy? Yeah, I mean, like, of was course. that it was stupid for them not to? Yeah, I mean, I, that's the best source, right? You were there, and I'm sure Cavendish said, "No, no, seriously, like, talk this to him because that's kind of yeah, weird. this guy's amazing." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see Cavendish's meltdown at the at the? <laughs> yeah. Like it wasn't a meltdown; it was more like a wise-ass comment. No, what did he say? Oh boy! Someone asked him. Some journalists started poking him about doping. And then like someone is clean now, right? Yeah, and someone said, you know, can you tell me with certainty that no one on your team is doping? And he was like, kind of like, give it a rest. And then finally he was like, can you tell me with 100% certainty that none of the other guys in this room aren't fucking your wife? <laughs> but he did it with a total straight face. And Kwiatkowski was next to him and like, couldn't, couldn't like, pulled a Jimmy Fallon on SNL, just couldn't stop Stop giggling and like couldn't, (laughs) was trying to like hide his mouth and (laughs) had to sit there and try to like hold it together. But I'm sure he just wanted to like fall out of his chair. How did I miss this? This is amazing. So good. That is amazing. God bless Mark Cavendish. I'm liking him more and more as, as, as he grows up a little bit more and stuff. 
He's, I, I'm liking him more and more. Mike, what were your overall thoughts on the, on the Tour of San Luis from, from an outsider's perspective? So not only do you have the horrible, like, uh, transmission, like, of, of, you know, visuals, but you also didn't understand what was going on with the commentary. There was, there was three sources for commentary in Spanish. There was the radio, Radio San Luis. There was the TV commentators, and these two guys were horrible. And then there was the ESPN commentators, and they were pretty bad themselves. So, uh, Mike, what was your impression? I mean, we had, we had trouble getting it, trying to watch it live. Klaus would send me links. Sometimes I'd be like, hey, try this, or wait, try this one. Um, so it was, difficult to, it was difficult for us to follow it. Um, I, didn't, I actually didn't see every single stage. So it was it was just hard because you like without knowing what was going on. You, usually, I can pick up a race and just kind of figure out from context what's going on, and it's just, it was just hard. You know, just the, the coverage was was tough. Something else that they did, which I found really interesting, and I would think about because I was watching it in the office, and I would like kind of like zone out, do some work, and I would look, and then they were showing footage, like replays of what happened that's, earlier that's what we yeah we like we yeah. would find the feed and we would look at it and we'd be like oh we saw this yesterday and then we'd be like no wait this can't be it and yeah. then they, you'd realize they were just showing a recap of something yeah exactly or sometimes like what happened earlier that day it was really weird and because the guys commentating didn't know what they were doing they continued to talk without saying like oh we're looking at images from earlier today or anything they were just they just kept talking like nothing had happened and they would just talk about so much nonsense and stuff it was you know i do have to add two things you know these guys have seen other races so hey look no shame in the fact that there's no budget that's what it looks like what are you gonna do What was funny is that they were bragging about the technology. Mike. I know they were like, "We have no, the, we have, we can't, we don't need to envy any European race and stuff." Yeah, like they're that. like, "Technology is on our side today." Like, just look at these images, and I'm like, "Wow, we like just don't brag. You can just go on about your business. And say, you know, this is what's happening." But to brag is amazing. The other thing that was hilarious is that they kept talking about different towns, and at the end of it, there's going to be an asado. An asado is like a, a, a grilling like out a barbecue, barbecue like of meat, Yeah, right, which is very typical of Argentina. But they brought it up so much. Mike, imagine if there was a road race around Boston, New England, and every 20 seconds you go, these guys are going to get some clam chowder at the end. <laughs> like, it's going to be the, my mom's recipe that they're going to pull out. At some point, you're like, okay, Okay, I get it. I know we're in Argentina, but between that and the bragging about the great technology, I'm like, why am I looking at the noodle with the zip tie for 20 minutes? <laughs> Don't brag about it. Like you have a helicopter. Argentina has had helicopters for a long time. But I'm sure. Do you get the sense they were they were catering it to out, the audience outside of a larger audience outside I, of the country? I think it was a mixture because a lot of times they would say, oh, such and such an Argentinian writer from – and they would say the small like area that he's from, not the city, but like the – like yeah, like the area that they're from. And those are very, very specific Argentinians and there's nobody outside of Argentina would even know what that is. So I think a lot of those things were like very inside, but a lot of times they realized in social media that people outside of, the, of Argentina were watching, so they would, they would say some stuff about that as well, about how amazing it is or whatever. It's a great race, but I've said this before, it sucks the tour down under that it, I consider, I know people may 
disagree with me, and you're welcome to. It's such a crappy race, has such good coverage. It's, you know, but... Well, I think, um, as far as, uh, the whole, like, them talking about the towns or whatever, I guess that was their version of Phil and Paul, like, reading out from the book, like, you know, Paul, this, uh, area is known for its beef grill-out situation, and my mom's (laughs) recipe would be the best for these writers to have. Yeah, I guess, I guess. But here's another thing, um, regardless of the coverage... How sad is it that one race couldn't be happening right now? So we would have two back-to-back right. weeks. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Like maybe the Vuelta Colombia could be happening right now. And guys could have just hopped from Argentina to Colombia and then all Every those teams team would be, in be there. Although baby steps, at least the uh, the ch- world, the national championships aren't happening in the middle of the European season like – during the Tour de France. So yeah. that's a step up. The fact that uh, Rigoberto Uran, this will be the first time that I think he's doing the national championship. Ever. Yeah, ever. I don't know if Quintana's going to do it. Maybe he will just He's like, supposed to, but we'll see. I don't know how well prepared these guys are. I think some of the Colombian guys are in the middle of their season a little bit more because the season there starts a lot earlier. A lot of them have been doing the Vuelta Tachira and stuff like that. So Yeah, know. Costa Rica was happening Costa Rica. in December. Yeah, so... Well, we'll see. Um, let me mention the women's um, Tour of San Luis was won by Hanildes Fernandez from the Nas- from the Brazilian national team. Another girl who looked scarier than balls. This girl was built like a bull. Uh, Lauren Stevens from Tipco was second. Ana Paula Polgatech from the national Brazilian national team was third. Uh, Katie Hall from uh, United Healthcare was fourth, and Alison Tetrick was fifth. And the day before the Tour of San Luis, the, the the Women's Tour of San Luis started, they had the Grand Prix Tour of San Luis, just a a crit, and that was won by uh, Hannah Barnes of United Healthcare. And then listen to this: so we had three Daniels in the top ten, right? For the men, we have Lucien Ferrara da Silva was second, Clemilda Fernandez da Silva was third. Hanildes Fernandez da Silva was fourth. What? <laughs> Not even kidding. Fernanda da Silva Sosa was fifth. So Brazilians <laughs> were controlling the race is the best. Yeah. Da Silva, da Silva, da Silva, and Fernanda da Silva. It was, <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Four da Silvas in the top five. Mike, Silva as a verb in Spanish means to whistle. Yes. Uh. And there is a tongue twister. Nadie silba como Silvia Silva Silva. Si alguien silba como Silvia Silva Silva, es que Silva Silva le enseñó a silbar. Repeat that, Mike. Come on. No. Can, can either of you guys, can you give me a, a, a horn? Come on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> that was weak. <laughs> what was that? That was another. <laughs> now we're talking. Speaking of the Tour Down Under, uh, Dennis Rowan of uh, BMC won that. Richie Port was second. Uh, Cadell Evans was third. Tom Dumoulin was fourth. And Ruben Fernandez from Movistar was fifth. I cannot speak to this race at all. I did not watch a single minute of it, but I know that Mike probably did. I watched some of it. How was it? Uh, It was all right. I mean, it's it's kind of boring. I got a lot of old Wollonga Hill related tweets. 
Yeah. Like, dude, are you yeah. excited? Oh, Wolonga Hill. Party in your house tonight for Wolonga Hill. <laughs> it was pretty funny. People know how much I hate Wolonga Hill. <laughs> Just remember, I mean, okay, so it doesn't hold true because the, the second year that Richie Port wins that stage and doesn't win the race. But if you win that race, like pretty much if you win Old Wolonga Hill, most of the times that is the same as winning Perry Roubaix in terms of points. Just think about that. Oh man, I'm repeating myself from last year. Forgive me. That was the lar- like the largest crash I've seen in a long time. That one at the finish? Yeah, what like one of those crashes where nobody finishes except the dudes that happen to be in front of the crash, which was like eight dudes. Oh. Yeah, and then that it was such a monster crash that it just it just bottlenecked the rest of the group, and they just kept. Piling up, piling up, piling up. I mean, it's not funny, but it was like they're rarely, they're usually like self contained, and it's just like everyone kind of goes around something, and this one just stopped everything in its tracks. Oof. Yeah, and I'm telling you, there's the dudes just do that look back like, oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah I didn't see that. I'm, I'm happy that. And it was like 150 meters from the finish, like it was that close. Ugh. Who were the sprinters that were there in Australia? Kittle. Marcel Kittle. No Greipel this year. Oh, Greipel is usually over there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. Who else? Very interesting. Mike, you're the only one that watched any tour down under. You don't have any any sort of report for us? How was the helicopter shots? (laughs) (laughs) They had 17 helicopters. (laughs) Of course. 97 motorcycles. Every, yeah. Uh, No, the coverage is good. I mean, the thing is, is that what was a little weird about it is that um, nobody... Nobody in the in the north in North America, I'm going to say, is ready to invest in a stage race. Nobody has the; they're not just they're just not ready for it. So it's short, you know, it's a short stage race, but nobody gets into the momentum of it. It just the folks that watch it in the store, including the staff, just kind of watch individual stages or oh, did you hear of today's stage? And they watch it, but there's no narrative to this race that anyone can get into. But do you think uh, that's because it's early in the season, or do it's you just think too it's early? It's tour yeah, down under? just there's no there's no rhyme or reason to like why you would want to watch it. There's but no if, I don't know, but I cover, think you know that, there's snow on the ground here, so you're watching something that's happening in the summertime, and you're just like, oh man. Yeah, but if, if if you were the Tour de San Luis with good coverage, don't you think that you would be? I mean, dude, Mark Cavendish was sprinting and getting beat, and true. I mean, I think that. Dude, that, that last, last that last climb in the Tour de San Luis, that the, mountain stage, the Comechingones, is ridiculous. Yeah, it that, looked beautiful. That looked like straight out of the tour of the, the tour of Italy. I was gonna say the Giro d'Italia yeah. is unbelievable. And you know what's funny? The Sierra Comechingones is that Comechingon. Oh boy. Tra- I was going to say this. Translate. You're aware of Spanish words as they are uh, with their meaning in different countries. It's hilarious. Okay, so Comechingon is uh, a nickname for the original tribe that lived in that area in Argentina, right? So that name actually comes because they, they called themselves something that remotely sounded like Comechingon, right? So let's say it was like Comogangon or something. And the Spaniards heard it, and they started calling them come chingon. Come means to eat. Chingon doesn't really mean anything in, in Argentina, but it sounds like a person or something. So for a long time, people thought that come chingon is the Indians were actually cannibals, but they weren't. There's no 
reason for anybody to believe that they were cannibals. It was just the name kind of sounded like they ate people. Now, in Mexico... Oh, this is where it gets good, Mike. Hold on to your... The verb chingar means to have sex. It's a dirty word to say to have sex. It's like the F word that I don't want to say because if I start saying it now, I'm going to say it 37 times during this explanation. So chingon is somebody that does a lot of that. A lot of having sex, right? So come chingon <laughs> for most Latin Americans, because we know the meaning of chingon in Mexico means to eat somebody who has a lot of sex. And, and that's now the name imagine of the them saying it 30,000 times ago. It's beautiful over here in the people who eat the people that have sex. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. <laughs> It's like how I would imagine British people if there was a movie where there was a character called Mr. Fanny Pack. They would just be like, what? That's weird. But even worse. Regardless of that, that stage is um, – that climb is a beauty. Yeah. It is amazing. Beautiful to look at and just just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I just hope that next year they get – more money and they can actually have at least one motorcycle and then the helicopter and then maybe the guy watches the Tour de France this year and learns a little bit more or something but and I hope that they have it again and Comechingones is just beautiful it's just such a beautiful name you know so they always bring this up that at races like the Tour of California or whatever it's quote unquote the same camera guys that do the Tour de France and blah 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 I know that everyone knows that they're probably the same guys that do um, the tour down under at the uh, tour. What is that? The Grand Prix in Montreal. I knew that going into it, but still seeing a big 18 wheeler pull up and then the ramps come down and all these motorcycles with French license plates come out. That's crazy. They bring their own motorcycles. Yeah, it's still pretty friggin' cool to see that. Meanwhile, like, oh. meanwhile, the guys that did the Tour de San Luis, the cameraman, were the same guys that did the uh, World Cup for handball. Yes. The, the Junior Handball World Championship in, in, in Buenos Aires. Oh, they're, they're well-versed in covering judo, high school judo matches. <laughs> judo is actually really big in Argentina. Did you say that on purpose? No, no, I was uh, just making that up. Uh, um... Let me see. What else? What else? What else? Um, there's a couple of races coming up. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. The Trofeo Palma de Mallorca is coming up. I saw guys already. They were handing their numbers already, and they were tweeting their numbers on their jerseys. That was oh. fun. Uh, the teams that are going to be there in alphabetical order, Active Jets, uh, Bora Argon 18, Burgos BH. Their new jersey this year, by the way, is really nice. Or Burgos BH, uh, Caja Rural. CCC Sprandi Polkovice, or whatever they're called now, Coffees, Cult Energy, uh, the Great Britain national team, I Am Cycling, Lotto, Movistar, MTN Chewbacca, Muria Staldea, Roth Skoda, the Spanish national team, Team Cannondale Garmin, Europe Car, Froy Oslo from Norway, awesome kit as well, Team Rumpot. <laughs> I know it's Rompot, but it's funny to say Rompot and Team Sky and Trek. That's a lot of teams, dude. But uh, so hopefully the guys from the Tour of San Luis won't show up to cover this one. Wait, that reminds me because you mentioned uh, Cannondale, Garmin, Garmin, Cannondale or whatever. I think last time we did a podcast, 
it was like 20 minutes away from the team presentation and Mike was considering going, but it was too cold. Mike, did you go? Oh, yeah, that's right. To what? To the Garmin Cannondale uh, presentation. No, I did not go to that. You didn't oh, go? I watched it. I watched it online. Dude, you were down the streets. That's when you know you're too deep. You're in too deep. Yeah, yeah you're like, ah, whatever. Presentation. Yeah. I watched it. Yeah, Trofeo Palma Mallorca, uh, February 1st. The ladies' tour of Qatar is uh, February 3rd through the 6th. Uh, tour of Dubai, the 4th through the 7th. The Grand Prix Costa Degli Estrucci, Estrucci is uh, the 8th. Uh, the Tour of Murcia, which is hilarious, La Vuelta Murcia, which used to be like a week long. And then he got cut to three days. This year is one day. <laughs> oh, it's still a tour of Murcia, though. They, they kind of ride their bikes around. And then Andalusia is, I think, kind of the first really big race of the... Uh, to me, I mean, I, I think of Rotociclista uh, del Sol, February 18th through the 22nd. And uh, AG2R, Astana, Caja Rural, CCC, Cofidis, Team Colombia, FDJ, I Am Cycling... Lotto, Movistar, Mount Chewbacca, Rusvelo, Europe Car, Team Giant. And I mean, some of the people that they've already, like the Dutch Lotto, uh, Katusha, Rompot, uh, Team Sky, Tinkoff, Top Sport, Trek, United Healthcare, and Wanty Group Gobert. But I mean, some of the people that are already, like, um, announced that they are, are going are, I mean, there's some pretty big names already. So that should be another good one. Vuelta Andalusia in Bicicleta. And the Tour of Qatar or Qatar is the 8th through the 13th. Astana BMC, Etex Quickstep, FDJ. That's like everybody there, basically. Bardiani is one of the teams that got invited. Bora Argon. Merckx will be there. What's that? Eddie Merckx will be there, of course. Of course he will be there. And then Oman is the 17th through the 22nd. And again, it's also the, the usual suspects. There, Nibali is going to be there. TJ Van Garderen was announced. Bonin, Terpstra, people Pozzato. So Mike is going to be watching. Um, Did you see the Rodriguez. picture that Manuel for Speed got of Pozzato and um, Luca Paulini? Yes, like I, re I retweeted it. Ooh, if you man, haven't I seen it, you have to go manuelforspeed dot com. It's a brilliant it photograph. It's a great photograph. It is a great photograph. And I, I don't even want to describe it. I think everybody should just go and check it out. It's hilarious. It's I, anything, I, think, I think MoMA is adding it to their personal, to, to their, their permanent collection. To the permanent collection. Uh, yep. they that doesn't usually happen days after some a picture was taken, but they're making an exception. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. But it's actually MoMA San Francisco that is doing it, not the one in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so it's less prestigious? It's a little less prestigious, but it's pretty prestigious nonetheless. Yeah, so good for Manual for Speed. Congratulations, guys. You're awesome. And that photo is bananas. And <laughs> wait, did they uh, – was it by request? Somebody requested yeah. that they yeah. took yeah. it? Someone right? said, why don't you get a picture of those two? So they made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can only imagine. I mean, both of those guys clearly have a sense of humor. But how do you go up to them in English, which I know they both speak some English, and then go, hey, listen, can we get a picture of the two of you, like, shaking hands? And they're like <laughs> – Wait, where is he not when why do you want this i mean we're friends but seriously come on <laughs> we're in a serious race here 
<laughs> well, semi-serious for them. I mean, is anything serious for Potato right now? Here's what's think. serious. those The shoes he's wearing. The serious shoes? The Posado shoes are bonkers. Oh, I didn't see them. <laughs> oh, my God. They're pretty bananas. Oh, they're coconuts. I'm sorry. <laughs> Straight up coconuts. Yes, yes, Give yes. description, yes, yes. Mike, while I look them up. But to answer your question, though, Klaus, nothing is serious for people Posado right now. It, nothing has been serious for him in the last three seasons. He doesn't do anything, does he? he? Do anything. I mean, he just rides races and that's so, it. He's awesome, though. He is wonderful. Did you did you find him, Klaus? Looking at him right now. <laughs> Manualforspeed.com. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So they're uh, Lampre-colored CDs. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on, though. And Luca Paulini is, is still rocking those uh, ASOS uh, glasses. Yeah, he looks crazy with <laughs> he, with the beard and those. The, so and whoever that. invented those sunglasses at ASOS probably never assumed that a, a gentleman with a full beard would be wearing them. But he looks like a maniac. He looks like he's he looks like Ant Man. <laughs> he looks like an Olsen twin. One of my favorites. Nairo Quintana uses his cycling gloves as his weightlifting gloves. He lifts weights? Yes. Can he put anything over his tiny little head? <laughs> he's built like a little mosquito. I mean, he's not. He's just doing barbells. Like He's just doing arm work. Barbells with no weights on them? Just the he put up. a picture on Instagram. Actually, it's like a video. And listen to the music to it. That's the music to Nairo Quintana lifting weights. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, we're collaborating on a remix. <laughs> For real. Yeah, it's on Instagram. His oh, name is Naira Quinco. I gotta check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on his Twitter account. Um, gents, that's all I have. Um, anything else going on that I missed? I'm sure that there probably is. I purposely avoided all the Lance Armstrong oh, stuff. Tour, Paul Smith here. Tour of Dubai jerseys. Oh, yeah. the Tour of Dubai. That's right. I forgot to announce that that was coming up too. Uh, wait, where where's the Tour of Dubai? I have the. But the Paul Smith somewhere. riding his bike around his studio video is pretty good. We can link to that. Oh really? I'm yeah. not doing. I'm not doing. Oh yeah, this is two announcements about the podcast. First of all, we ended up not switching um, servers because the server, whatever. So we're still with the old server. And the other thing is, I'm not gonna do show notes anymore. What? I'm not gonna do show notes anymore. What's? Because listen, I started paying attention to the traffic on the site, and nobody really goes to the show notes for anything more than to just. Either download the, 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 the episode or listen to it on the player there, and that's it. Nobody's really clicking on those links that much. I mean, some hmm. people are or whatever. So you know why, though? Because a lot of times people are not listening while they're – so when they get home, they're just like, oh, right. I'm just going to like either look it up on YouTube or look it on Twitter myself. Just stop being lazy and do some Googling yourself. If someone disagrees – I guess tweet at my brother, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess tweet at Speed Metal Cycle. So, here's... 
about uh, Paul Smith. So, at the risk of getting into a subject I know nothing about, but I'll pretend which, which to is, be, which uh, is which is which is usually what you do. I Wait, mean, that's what, what the whole podcast yeah, is, right? But what? <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's awesome that you throw Mike and I under that bus. Um, I've what, heard of it. But what what topic would that be? What specifically? It's sort of a sociological, anthropological, something logical thing, which is that <laughs> wealthy. Nations in places like the Middle East, but this is also common in places like Venezuela. When Venezuela was a very wealthy, oil-rich country in the 1980s, you look for signs of modernity. So, you know, like in Argentina, they adopted polo and auto racing. Um, Venezuela wanted to be aligned with the United States with like baseball and things like that. And it's clear to me, I mean, and sure, if you want the best fashion designer, they happen to be in highly industrialized wealthy nations. So, you know, the fact that the tour of Dubai has the trophy designed by Pininfarina, which is the industrial design house that designs Ferraris. It's just very obvious that the signs of opulence are of Western nations. Mm. So it's kind of funny to me that Paul Smith is doing that because at the end of the day, and I know that Giroa has had Dolce and Gabbana do it too, so they're not alone. But it just seems like an obvious way of buying into modernity. And I know because I've seen it in Colombia too, and Colombia does not have that kind of wealth. But by the way, if you're a really famous cyclist, do not give Paul Smith one of your jerseys because in the video where he's talking about how he designed it, he shows that he has what looks like a pile of laundry. A pile of laundry, like the size of like two twin size beds up to past his waist of just like signed race worn jerseys I, that yeah. I'm sure he cares for because he's keeping it. Although his office is a pigsty and he has a gigantic TV that's like 20 years old in there. Like seriously, Paul Smith, buy a flat screen. It's weird. It reminds me of like when uh, like at the Fulton Mall, whatever, in Brooklyn, where they have a store like the sneaker bucket. And it's just like you have to find a matching pair and a mountain of shoes. Like, don't. Uh, get that is a great others. reference. But, but he also the, the beauty of it was when he was going through the pile of jerseys and he was like, oh, this is from Mark Cavendish and this is from Bradley Wiggins. And he turns to the camera and goes, so you know the guy who designed the jersey for the race knows what he's doing. I was like, what? Yeah, like someone that really loves cycling. I'm like, mm, more like I'm sure he does and I know he raced and all of that. I'm making light of that, people. But I'm just saying it also is a guy that knows a lot of cyclists that give him free stuff. And I don't know where to put it, so I just started a laundry pile. In the middle of the studio. Yeah. Klaus, you alluded to this as well. The hilarious thing is that you're basically grabbing a fashion designer of his stature to design a jersey that really can't really be designed more than it actually already is. So that would be like hiring, uh, I don't know, let's think of a famous sculptor. Uh, I don't know, Giacometti is what I was thinking too. So you hire him to design... Uh, a salt shaker, you know? I mean, it, it, there's only so much you can do with a jersey that has to be primordially one color. So, oh, I'm going to add a little hint of color in the sleeve. Not only that, but, you know, the primary point, like the most of the real estate on the chest is a big white square that will be filled with logos and colors that you cannot control. 
and will look probably terrible because it's pink and then you don't know what color is going to go in there it could be Movistar blue okay or it could be who knows bmc red and black let me re restate my analogy that would be like hiring ferdinand porsche who designed some of the most beautiful cars in history and then telling him to design a nascar car yeah because Actually, yeah, that kind of works because NASCAR, there's a bunch of rules, right? You can't make it the shape that you want. No, it has to have headlights cool. painted on. Then they're going to put a bunch of logos on it. Yeah. I also like that he – this is probably just a British pronunciation thing, but he kept referring it to it. The jerseys as made by Castelli. I was like, oh. what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> oh, Castelli. Is it Castelli? I, have I been Castelli. saying it wrong for Castelli. 40 years? Castelli. Oh. No, I think it's Castelli. He was saying In Italian, Castelli. Castelli. But seriously, it worries me that has a he has a gigantic CRT TV <laughs> hanging from the wall precariously, and that thing weighs like eighty-two pounds. The poor guy, like he's not aware that LCD TVs can be had for cheap at Costco. <laughs> Do they have Costco in England? I don't, I don't know. They have Tesco or something. I know it's different. Some other store. I know they have Boots. I remember Boots. That's a pharmacy. I went to Boots, but they don't sell TVs there. <laughs> Mike, help me out. Where could he buy a TV? Whatever. I don't, I don't British know. Amazon.uk. Amazon.ko.uk. That's co.uk. That's always a safe bet. Just add the dot whatever. .co.uk. It'll probably work. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Uh, gents, anything yeah. else? I was going to say, without show notes, do we still talk about this insane Lance Armstrong video that we watched the other day? Oh, yeah. Well, I, the people can go and, 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 and look it up, I'm sure. Was it in Vimeo or was it on Vivo? Oh, Vivo. I think Vivo. So what was the name of the band? It's, it's, a, musical, it's a musical group that has a musical video. I don't know if the kids nowadays know what that's about. Back in the day on MTV, musical groups would have videos with their songs. It's the bass player from Rage Against the Machine. And Audio Slave. So there you go. Some band. And they have a song that I don't know what the heck the song is about. But the video features one Lance Armstrong. But could you explain the... Thank you, Klaus. Mike, could you explain to our listeners what the video... What happens in the video? I can't... I don't know if I can... I guess I, I, I don't know. I don't really understand what was happening. There's a skateboarder. A young skateboarder guy wearing a mask and he's skateboarding around. And as he skateboards around town, he continues to take pills and inject himself with all these kinds of stuff that you're led to believe are steroids of some sort and maybe some uh, EPO or something. I don't know. Performance enhancing. And then he continues to like shred and kick ass with radical tricks. And then at some point he takes off his mask and then he's like some tattooed guy, whatever. That's the bass player from. And then he's the bass player for Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Who then? I just, I just found it. It's Future User is the group. Future and User. The, and the and the song is Mountain Lion. Mountain Lion. How about the other way around? We sound so out of it. Like <laughs> people go, "Do you guys like the U two? <laughs> yeah, I know. The Led Zeppelins. The Led Zeppelins. <laughs> you like that guy Judas Priest? Yeah. Um, so then, what happens after so that? So then he, there, yeah. So then he takes his mask off and he and he 
pulls up into a van and then he starts to, to like do a blood transfusion like has described in uh, Secret Race. Yeah. In the van, like with a cooler of blood. And while he's doing this, he gets a he he checks his voicemail on his phone and there's a voicemail from Lance Armstrong. <laughs> Telling him to get ready because he's going to rip his legs off when they ride together again. But while he's listening to the voicemail, you get the video of Lance leaving the voicemail. Yeah. In his Mellow Johnny's kit, like kitted out like Lance Arm. And it's like out of nowhere. And then he sets himself on fire. Then he gets out of the van after exchanging all his blood and pours gasoline on himself and lights himself on fire. Mike, don't laugh. What would I, you do if you got a text message? I, 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 <laughs> I think I, I kind of feel bad that that we gave the whole video away because it was it was kind of fun to watch that. It just be, and like, just like, be like, where did this come from? I it was mind blowing. But I remember one time, a couple of a bunch of episodes ago, maybe even a couple of years ago, we talked about that Mario Cipollini video. <laughs> Where he's, like, riding around, like, shirtless in his, like, tidy whities basically. Yeah. And he was, like, so mind-blowing that people tweeted at me, like, that's not true. There's no way that that's actually true. People may think this is not true. But, yes, this video that Mike describes is absolutely true and it's out there and it's absolutely insane. And I still don't get the message. Like, I don't, Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the heck it's about. It's the young kids nowadays, they don't have a message. They're just we crazy. Should find, if you guys know any teenagers... Show it to them and ask them. And ask them to, could you please tell me what this is going on? And they'll be like, who's Lance Armstrong? It's funny that you bring this up because uh, Eben Bike Snob and I were emailing back and forth about this because after Mike sent it to me, I sent it to him. And Mike, I credited you fully. I'm a big believer in attribution. And I said, I just feel like I'm young and I, I don't get it. And he's like, I felt the same way, but then I looked it up, and that dude from Raging as a Machine is like forty six. <laughs> oh yeah, no, but I think that when when you're when you're like in a band and you're kind of like sort of relevant socially, then you kind of remain young. And we you know don't. I mean? No, We're we definitely don't. We're not in a band. We don't know anything about like Raging as the Machine broke up like twenty years ago, and I didn't even like them. I I felt out of touch with Raging as the Machine twenty years ago. Yeah, I, I mean, hated I think- them. Uh, perhaps it's the trying to be weird thing. I don't know. Right now we sound so goddamn clueless. It's not even funny, but no, it's pretty funny. I, I embrace it. I no, don't, I don't want to do it. If being hip is understanding what the hell's going on in that video, I don't want to be hip. Someone yeah. should ask Lance Armstrong what the hell is going on in that video. What yeah. is that? But the guy from Rage Against the Machine said that Lance is a punk rocker. <sighs> what? Is it an anti-doping video or is it a pro-doping video? I think it's a set yourself on fire video. It has a hashtag that's like doping or heroin. (laughs) Yeah, doping or heroin. I don't get it. Yeah. And why would Lance – I mean Lance Armstrong must have better – actually, no, he probably doesn't have anything else. Well, this brings brings me to the last thing on my little list here of notes, which was that Lance gave an interview to the BBC the other day, which was, you know, like 20 minutes long. At least the part I saw was 20 minutes long. Did you guys see this? No, I. No, yeah, I, he did not address that video at all. <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> what the hell? 
Oh my god! No, I did not see it. I kind of avoided it on purpose. The gist, I mean. the gist of it was that the, you know he's trying to re- he's trying to get back in some into some sport. He wants to do anything. Like he, apparently he's claiming he can't even play like competitive badminton if he wanted to. Like, like he's, he can't. He's just the out. Boston Marathon. Good, the hell right? Him. Right. He should he should get into NASCAR. He should get into NASCAR. Like what's his face? Like Landis tried to. So he's on some rehabilitation kick about just trying to get his get a second chance to just he's, he's like look i apologize i just want to i just want to get back into doing this stuff and the guy asked him point blank like if you had to do it all over again would you and he was like yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. that's the it. that's the headline By i read way, um if we can i mean as much as we can if you are at all interested in kind of journalism and interviewing i don't think i don't know who the uh, british bbc guy is I don't think he's like a master interviewer, but I have to say, I always admire people that can do interviews and manage to do things that I think I could not have done that. Like, I don't have the balls to. So there was a couple times that he called them out on stuff that was kind of interesting where he goes, yeah, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for blank. And he goes, no, we wouldn't be here if you hadn't doped. Like, he called them out on stuff in a way that was super uncomfortable and admirable to do so the guy did a good job uh going back to mike's thing about uh cavendish in the press conference you can you can find that in vela news in case you want to check that out just wanted to say that uh yeah i kind of i i don't know dude you know i freak the hell with lance armstrong i could give two shits about that dude i just don't care He's gone gray, like. In and the also, last- he came out and like started saying stuff about like. I mean, he that that jerk should. He's not allowed to have an opinion. He really isn't. The hell with him. I hate him. <laughs> you know, I, at the end of the video, I wish it would have been him catching fire, in in real life. Oh, <laughs> I just don't give a shit about that dude at all. The hell with him. Not interested. Not interested. I have to say, Mike, when you sent me that video, I was just watching and I was like, it's kind of interesting, but why did Mike send me this? And then it just escalated and got more and more interesting. And I apologize, Mike. I should have trusted you and never doubted you. I will never doubt you again. (laughs) Although if you... Didn't I put watch till the very end? Because yes. I knew, I knew. Because if someone sent me that, I wouldn't have made it past ten seconds. I'd be like, "What the? What is yeah, this? No, absolutely." I, I are you going to take advantage of me, and one day you're going to send me a clip to like the Andy Warhol Empire movie, which is like twelve hours of the Empire State Building, and you're like, "No, you got to watch the whole thing. No fast forwarding." <laughs> you're gonna. Miss I'll it. be there for twelve hours. If you fast forward, you'll miss it. Yeah. <laughs> At hour eight, something amazing happens. That one light comes on. Uh, that's hilarious. And then a guy sets himself on fire. Oh, of course. Yes. So, okay, guys. Um, unless there is anything else? Nope. Hopefully we'll be back soon. Still talking about some early season stuff before the real season starts. Once the early classics start in Northern Europe. Uh, I think there was probably other stuff that I wanted to say. But I forgot. Speedmetalcycling.com Check it out and follow us at Speed Metal Cycle CYCL on Twitter, at Gage DeSoto on Twitter and Instagram, Mr. Spriggs, The Skull Crusher, and Alps Andes. 
Um, yeah. I think that's it. We're out of here. Peace. Why is it that your watch stops ticking but you still keep clocking? And no matter how hard you jinx, I keep rocking. Listen, ho, cause I'm the light one. And if you're looking for a fight, you found a white one. Procrastinator or instigator, but when it comes to dope rhymes, all the mic, I'm the creator. I never look for trouble, but somehow it finds me. But yo, I just conquer it and leave it all behind me. The L Y T E, very outspoken. And when I rock around, sometimes I'll even chill when I'm MC. Life coming live and direct. I never lose a battle, cause I always come correct in any case I win. Again and again, you see, light is at the top till the very end. And even though I may be short, believe I don't take none. Try your luck and we'll see who will get done. I mean, immediately, like quick, fast. Don't turn your back, cause this might go be in your ass. And don't take what I say too lightly. I'll beat you, defeat you so quietly. Sneak up and hit you like a fucking tornado. Cause in the rap, feel like the fucking AKA don't get capital L. The Y to the E, shit. Give me room and I'll slay an MC, whether it's in a crowd. Or on a sneak tip, I'll wax you in your posse, watch your trip and flip you as you drop the mic, cause you don't have the gift to rip a style. Fast or slow, too busy hoeing and sniffing a blow. Don't get mad, it's just the talent I was given. What I'm saying, I'm a slave to the rhythm.